Welcome to the Brains Magazine podcast, a podcast with in-depth interviews and conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, expert coaches, industry leaders, and international celebrities. Get exclusive insight into the world of business, mindset, leadership, and lifestyle with your host, Mark Sefton. Welcome to this next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast. And as we bring in 2022 into land, uh, it's exciting for me because the subject matter is something that's totally my jam. It's something that I geek at uh, and on. Uh, and obviously, it's not about me. <laughs> um, but it's so it's so interesting when you when you do a podcast and uh, you enjoy the subject matter and you enjoy interviewing people and you find out their backstory. You can't help but to be engrossed and infused and um today we're going to be speaking with dr susanna winter uh, dr susanna is a senior clinical psychologist uh, she is the director of dr zuzuna dr zuzana.com that's it that is it that is you. that is it you've passed the first test well it was a bit of a, a stumble but it, you are the director of DrSusanna.com with us. I am, I am, I am. How are you, my dear? I'm very good, thank you. You know, towards the end of the year, things are winding down a little bit. And what better way to do this than have a podcast with you? It's a pleasure. Oh, what a sweetheart. From the bat, already stroking my oh. ego. You can tell you're a psychologist. You know exactly how to get right into my limbic system from the get-go no comment <laughs> <laughs> I was I was gonna say I don't know who 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 is uh, the more blessed and fortunate whether it's you or whether it's me or actually maybe it's everybody today because I think over the next 30 minutes we can create something really uh beautiful right yeah definitely and the word blessed comes definitely come to my mind every single day because I love what I do and I love connecting with people and I feel blessed that I, I can do this and I can do my life. So yeah, it's, it's really great. It is. I think that is the sweet spot, though, isn't it, Susanna? Yeah. It's, like, it's like when you can do what you love and when you can do it with the people you lo love doing it with and when you can decide when and when you don't want to do that thing which you love and with who you want to do it with, that yeah. for me is like really the sweet spot of, of yeah. life, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. It's a sweet spot. Sweet spot. Yeah, it's totally right. We're gonna we're gonna dive straight in because uh, I'm really fascinated by your mind and and, and your work. Um, and so I'm really kind of want to drill in deep to kind of get the best out of you, which is always like my my own personal mandate is to try and draw out of my guests the the very best, so that we can all benefit from your way of thinking, uh, your voice, your experiences, <laughs> your story. So. You know, one thing that really took my attention, you know, when I when I focus on you and your work is is around health leadership. And it isn't something that I mm. have overly heard put together. I talk a lot myself about leadership and we hear a lot about health, you know, and how topical that is. But for you, you know, what is health leadership and how did you kind of coin that phrase? Healthy leadership is some it's what a great question. And 
you know, I think the, the foundation for me is I have my own truth and everybody else has got their own truth. So what, I'm going to be speaking to you from my heart. But that comes also with the background of sort of some experience. So this is backed up by sort of evidence, so to speak. But uh, um, for me, healthy leadership is about authenticity. It's about really understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing and constantly checking in with myself. I, I guess personally, it's been a while. For a long time, I've not. I've I've sort of lived my life without considering myself to be a leader, until over time, people were saying, "But you're a leader. You're a great leader." I love your leadership. You've left me with so much as a leader. I'm thinking, where's this coming from? Why are people pointing this idea of leadership with me? And then I started sort of thinking, what is it about me that gives that gives people this sort of idea and labeling me in this sort of regard? Um, and it is about being genuine and being authentic and knowing when to say uh, when I've done something wrong, knowing when to say, actually, I put my hand up. This is not um, something I intended, but I, perhaps I've got this one wrong. And really understanding people, getting to know people, communicating well with people um, and getting beyond um, labels. So uh, for me, it's, I try always to develop a sense of trust between me and the other person. I don't really care about my objectives in this, I care about how can we work together to get the best out of the situation. And then it kind of sort of flows naturally. Um, so I, I think leadership is such an um, overused term these days, particularly sort of compassionate, healthy leadership. And, you know, we can have all sorts of courses on this, um, but it takes a personal look at oneself to be able to apply healthy leadership. You know, I don't think any course can give you that stamp yet. Yeah, now I'm a brilliant leader. Off you go. It, it takes constant self, self, self sort of self-exposure, self-searching and evolution. Um, and that's exciting for me because I don't ever consider myself a finished product. I'm here on this planet for however long. And yes, I know certain things, but I then right know that also I don't know it all and I never will. So it's exciting in that way. Uh, and that opens up doors because I'm interested in other people and interested in how we can collaborate. Uh, does that answer any of your question at all? It, it, it does. And I was silent just to enable you to be able to get that all off your chest and, and, and articulate it in a way that, yeah, it's it's like we're twinning there, uh, Dr. Susanna, in terms oh, of, you know, uh, what you were saying, like uh, knowing your own truth, which I think is really important that we all need to know what we believe and we need to know why we believe it. And we actually need to believe what we believe. Otherwise, we need to change our belief because our belief will always determine our behavior um which is really interesting you're talking about being authentic you know with regards to healthy leadership um checking in with yourself is something that you know totally i like for me as mirroring right back kind of like the way that you uh, live your life and um leadership's an interesting one because you know we we we're quite familiar these days that that 
we all start our leadership with ourselves. It's our ability to lead ourselves, which I think is why people mm. identify you as a leader. Because if you, there was one word that I was kind of expecting kind of you to say, because you talked a lot about being authentic and being true to yourself. But I, I do think like it's having that, that kind of self-awareness, but being conscious, mm. not just yourself, but other people. Other people, yeah. And then having that, I think people uh, are automatically like tuned into that and they want to follow people that know where they're going. That's right. That's right. If I'm not in tune with other people, I'm on this journey by myself. <laughs> and in that way, what can be achieved in that? Nothing. So it, it, it's, it's really, for me, it's the basis of any relationship, let alone related relationship in a big organization where there's tons of truths and tons of different ways of, of being and, 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 and living and, and working. So I think leaders have it so much harder these days because A, people are so much more aware of, of, of what they need. There's all of this social media exposure to knowledge, to know-how, sharing of information. And people are fed up of being treated badly. That's one side of it. And there's the other thing that people are more impatient. So people want results more quickly. And long are gone the days when, you know, leaders could just sit back in their ivory towers and they were untouchable and what they said went because now they need to be even more accountable. They, they oftentimes faces of their organizations and how they show up is how, what, what motivates people to stay or to leave. So it's so much is at stake about how leaders lead their organizations and themselves in the process. Mm. I know that you do a lot with the organizations and and mm. and one of the, one of the parts where you really focus which I think is is really interesting so I I, I want to kind of go there which is something that I noticed that your kind of your own culture is about which is you know why should we embrace rather than kind of suppress toxic toxicity in the in the workplace that yeah. that for me was fascinating for why? you to well, because, you know, when we hit the word toxic, like, obviously, for me, it has a negative connotation. It's something that isn't welcome or, or positive. So naturally, anything like that, you want to get, you know, get rid of. So this idea of you saying, actually, we should be embracing it rather than, uh, you know, wanting to push it or, or get rid of it, I found was interesting. So I wanted you to explain um. a little bit. Why, yeah, sure. why you feel that we should embrace it rather than, yeah. yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I think it goes alongside my sort of vision and my vision and my belief is that challenges in life are so important. If I coast through life, nothing shifts, nothing changes. So, and through personal experience, challenges have always been times when actually a huge evolution learning and progression has happened for me. So that's on a personal level. And that also then tra translates into toxicity in workplace, which is a huge challenge. Let's face it, nobody wants to say, hey, I, I work in a toxic organization or actually I have worked directly with somebody who I would identify as toxic. But I see it as yet another challenge. And it's a bit like, how can we change anything if we don't if we don't realistically speak about it, if we don't put our hand up and just say, you know what, well, this is the situation, what we're going to do about it. And toxicity is to be expected in, in workplace. 
And there are loads of sources of toxicity. Toxic leadership is one, one, one sort of problem, but there's loads of other ways. And I guess I see it as an opportunity for evolution. So, so, so toxicity in the workplace shows us where the gap is, shows us actually perhaps we need to look at this situation in order to increase our well-being, in order to increase our collaboration, in order to move our organization to a new set of being. Mm. So I see it as a positive thing rather than negative. I'm under no illusion that toxicity cannot just be eradicated or, you know, sometimes certain things cannot be shifted. But there's certainly, even if I work with, say, quote-unquote, a toxic person, as I wouldn't necessarily call them that, but if they identified like this, there's a positive in what they bring to the table. I would call, I would talk about excess talent that they bring to the table, which somehow gets sort of misplaced and overused to the point that they cannot see the reality. And, and that's okay. And we all have our blind spots um, and toxic leadership sort of brings out these many, many blind spots that then they have a knock-on effect on the organization. So I see it as a positive thing. Um, I see it as an opportunity for change. Yeah, it's, does that it's, answer? Yeah, it does. It, mm -hmm. it it says a little bit more again about your own your own mind and the way that you've set your mind up. Um, and in some ways, it's like, and hear this right. In some ways, you are dangerous uh, towards life. And what I what I mean by when I say dangerous is the fact that. There's nothing in life that actually is going to throw you off because you already have the mindset that, and it's similar to what John Maxwell says in his book where it says sometimes you win and sometimes you learn. So there isn't actually a, a mindset of loss. There's either yeah. I will get what I want or I will learn, I will grow, I will evolve, I will pivot, I will reinvent. So regardless of the situation, that's what I mean when I I think you're you're dangerous because it means that there's no there's no stopping you. So I imagine when you go into an organization and you have like this uh, paradigm shift of thinking, uh, it then you know again going back to healthy leadership when somebody knows where they're going uh, and are not faced by challenge or difficulty but actually enjoy it because they see the opportunity to grow and develop. That's really exciting, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And it energizes me every day. And I, I think it goes back to the truth. So this is my truth. And I'm not here to change people and, and, and do stuff to them. It's about, does this speak to you? Do you want to uh, create a better communication channel in your organization? Do you want to know how to deal with difficult dynamics or conflict in organizations do you are you interested in this and if so let, let's let's see what we can do together so yeah i think it's exciting it is what what does toxicity uh look like in the workplace what 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 how do you see that kind of oh. you know, manifest I, I think uh this i could talk about this for a long time because it's got so many different ways isn't it yeah. Um, hasn't it? But um, some of the things that that are sort of the sort of key red flags are where there's no clear communication between, say, the leader 
and 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 the and and the people in the organization where um there's a confusion of roles where there's um dysfunctionality so that people talk behind closed doors rather than having an opportunity to come together mm. where there's uh, um, where there's decision being made without people about people mm. um where there's staff shortages as a result of staff leaving and people not paying attention to why that people leave, why are people leaving where there's uh, loads of people going on sick leave uh, and being stressed at work and underperforming and oftentimes sort of HR and, and uh, uh, consultant consultants or you know those organizations that are responsible for well-being are aware of something is not quite right in the state of the affairs but they're not quite sure what's going on um uh, so th there's loads of markers for this uh, but ultimately it's about not feeling safe in my workplace if I'm coming to work, and not feeling I can be me and do me, and I'm respected in that, and I feel I can carry on doing my job, then there's something wrong here. And some of it is, of course, personal, but we spend a lot of time in organizations. We spend a lot of time working in settings away from home. So actually, a lot of our sort of well-being, a lot of our ways of responding to work is created in work environment. So a lot of the time people would say, but, you know, we, we provide well-being uh, offers for our employees. We provide um, uh, loads of safeguarding for them, you know, first aid about well-being, da-di-da-di-da. But actually what it, what it gives uh, is employees get the impression that actually it's my own personal responsibility. And if, if I'm not feeling well at work, it must be my doing. Mm. When a lot of the times actually it's the organization that creates this sort of knock-on effect. Mm. So it's it's a two-way street. Mm. So this is one way I believe toxicity sort of um, shows up in, in organizations. And, and this sort of, the, there's a lot of splitting. So people would not be able to communicate together. You've got different heads of service or different, different, different decision makers who don't communicate together. Um, so I could talk about it forever. Yeah. I, I know that you could because when, when we're passionate we tend to be able to just geek out about anything and it's always uh it's always interesting to mm. see when you get so enthused uh what one of the things that you do when you go into organizations and I, and there is the certain phrases that you have that kind of are, are like they're really smart so I don't know I don't know if you realize how <laughs> smart they are but they I really don't actually <laughs> I would like to see what you what yes, you so mean you have you have this thing called a, an organizational detox yeah and it's something that you do with with businesses and you and you you try and create more more clarity but what is org organizational detox in in your in your mind yeah so what a great question and and again it starts from sort of self-awareness yes yeah? so so the same principles sort of apply in an organizational setting um it's i would say every organization is slightly different yet it's all made out of people and we all people and in certain ways you know we all very much the same but i would want to understand actually what the source of toxicity it is, it is that i'm dealing here with because um, having narcissistic leaders or, or leaders who are 
simply um, dysfunctional is just one part of the puzzle. A lot of the times, actually, there's misunderstandings and assumptions that we make about another person or another uh, human being or another department or why somebody is performing in the way they do. And a lot of the times, these judgments that we're making are very personal. So I think that's one of the biggest sorts of uh, toxicity where we're not sitting down around the table and actually hearing each other out. Uh, again, going back to the, the my belief about this is my truth, but what is yours? You know, while we are in this position that we are in. And I believe these discussions rarely happen. So, and what then happens is people are um, uh, set up in, in, in working in isolation, working on their own assumptions and hating the other person without actually checking in with them. That's one source of toxicity. So organizational detox, in, for me, it's about really um, assessing how are you working, what's working well, what's not working, or where are the trigger points, where are the points of pain or, or points of, you know, oh, I just want to run away from this because that's where I want to home in. And those trigger points will be probably slightly different for different organizations. And then it's about, okay, so what are we going to do? And it, and it will include um, sort of personal uh, leadership coaching, if you like, executive coaching, um, understanding drivers behind somebody, somebody's decision-making or where they are in organization, where they see themselves. So there's something around, you know, what, what executive coaches would do. And there's about also um, understanding the team culture and understanding actually what is our vision. Um, oftentimes leaders would have one single vision and they're just hoping everybody else will come alongside them. Mm. That will never happen. So how do you bring other people alongside your vision or how do you create co-create vision? And then it's about how do you um, how do you help those people who are ready to be moved on or find another opportunity, help them live gracefully without shame and without the need to do it um, through l long battles, uh, legal proceedings, whatever it might be, but actually treat human beings as human beings and help them along their way. So I think it's a whole sort of system approach because organizations are big. So the detox would include everyone, but it starts with, you know, really speaking to those people who are understanding they want a different thing and understanding from them what's working, what's not working and taking it from there. Mm. And what, why do you want to help, Susanna? Why, why do you want to help org organizations? Like, why do you want to help people mm. uh, get cl clarity? What is it about what you do that mm. makes you care? I, I mean, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't feel the passion behind this. So there's that personal sense that I want to give something back to other people and be part of something that creates a change, whatever, however little it might be. Could mm. be a little thing, could be a big thing. And it's what drove me to clinical psychology in the first place. But I do see hugely detrimental effects of toxicity in organizations, and it's so devastating. And yet the solutions could sometimes be fairly simple. And it's devastating to see the knock-on effects of toxicity. So if I can be party to any small change, then I'm happy to be doing that. 
Um, because, yeah, I, th I think there's no such thing as this is doomed, we're hopeless, or actually it has to be this way, no other way. There's always a different way of looking at things. Mm -hmm. So if I can help uh, bring my expertise, but also my personal assessment skills to help people make sense of what's going on in their organization so that they can be in charge of making those changes, why not? Yeah. So while you work a lot like in organizations, uh, and at the end of the day, an organization is made up of multiple people. Uh, and obviously, every every business uh, has people within it. Uh, mm. So so while you work with individuals within that organization, collectively, if you change one, it will naturally change the organization, which I always find really fascinating when people say, Matt, how do we change the world? Well, we change one person, and because that person's in the world, the world as a byproduct also changes. Uh, and that's really important to know when, we, when we're doing what we're doing and we're making a difference in people's life, we can't minimize actually the impact we're having. Because if, yeah. one, if one changes for the better, the whole organization also changes yes. for the better. But I know that you work with individuals and I know that mm. you're passionate about mental health as well. How how do you create freedom through changes in mental health? Because obviously the mind is is where often things are won and lost. You've already framed yourself that either life will go the way I want it to, or it will create a challenge which will help me learn, help me develop, and help me grow. But how do you help people create freedom through changes in in mental health? Yeah, well, good question. Uh, so. Again, we all have mental health, right? I, I, I hate when people say, well, he's got poor mental health or, or this person has got difficulties with mental health. We all have mental health. So <laughs> just like we have physical, we actually have health. Um, and if I, if usually people come to me with when something's aching or when, you know, they notice, you know, actually this is not going quite well or, you know, I'm having anxiety or I'm having depression, actually. I've dealt with all sorts of all sorts of problems. I think uh, I can't count the number of cases I've dealt with over the last 20 years, probably, I don't know, 30,000 cases here, there and everywhere. It is extreme amount of complexity. Mm. Um, and what I've, as, I, as I'm going through this process, I'm realizing one of the biggest stumbling blocks for people is not them coming to therapy. Many people come to therapy but it's actually getting from therapy what you need. Sometimes people even come to therapy and they say, do you know what, I want help with this. And they might have a clear idea. Uh, but actually, as they start to address it, their defenses come in play and they do whatever they can to avoid this, this change. So even though they really want change, there's everything in their being that wants them to keep themselves safe and keep away from addressing this. Because it's, it's anxiety provoking and it's, and it, you know, putting your heart on the line. It's you taking a risk. And sometimes this is incredibly difficult. So when I, my job in my mind is to help people not be scared of the defenses, be aware of them, be aware of, 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 of what is the resistance about, what's holding them back, and therefore how they can break down these defenses so that they can then make the changes which make sense to them 
which ultimately creates freedom for them in the way they wish. So everybody creates their own freedom. I'm not talking about here freedom from responsibility or, you know, freedom from be free in the sort of fantasy way, but creating the life that makes sense to me and is meaningful to me and gives me options rather than a sense that actually there's only this way I can look at things. Mm. Um, so it's, it's incredibly fascinating. Um, and I've had some good, good, good successes and yeah, it's, it's good to see people going, you know, getting through to the other side. Is it? It's it's interesting when we have a belief uh, that used to serve us and no longer does. I I think one of the ones that I think most people can relate to, as you were talking, it kind of came to mind. When we were children, we were told not to speak to strangers, right? Now, as an adult, not speaking to strangers for me actually is is a negative. It's limiting. Mm-hmm. Because mm. the amount of great things that have come into my life through uh, an innocent or honest conversation, which have then created, you know, a connection, created a, a relationship, uh, whether that's business or, or personal, um, you know, obviously as a kid, that that belief of not talking to people actually mm. protected us, but that no longer protects us as an adult. And there is things like that yeah. that we have to yeah. reflect on, don't we? So true. And there's so many sort of... Uh, things we pick up from childhood, whether it's implicit or explicit, including how we deal with emotions. And we never really told what to do with emotions. I mean, we moved on a little bit. And I think the the world of, of, of parenting where parents really want their children to be seen and heard and looked after is different to how it used to be. So people are more open and, you know, show love and care, attention, da 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 But, uh, there is this thing actually we don't know and we only seem to value certain emotions and we cast certain emotions as bad or good when actually all emotions are actually really healthy Mm. Uh, particularly I'm talking about anger love sadness and grief those are such important emotions but particularly with anger we told we don't we don't we don't have the tools as children to know what to do with it in most most cases. So a lot of the times in my practice, I see people who don't who are scared of actually um, having authentic emotions. So they really cut off from their from using their the whole of their bodies, from their brain to their to 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 their bodies. So my aim is to actually see, you know, yeah, there were times in your life when you had to switch off the emotional tap. Actually, it was necessary for you. It was the thing that saved your life, maybe. But we're no longer in that space. So our job to get is to help you reconnect with the whole of your being because information flow is not just from, from your cognitions. It's, it's, it's all interlinked. So in that way, we're recreating a new reality and that creates freedom and from the past uh, pains. And we all have our own sort of ways of being parented and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it makes sense. To me, and I hope it makes sense to a lot of other people. It it does. One thing I really agree on is is when you say relationships are, are key to connecting, because uh, connection is is something that's really important. I think when it comes to organisation, but also in in our everyday, in our communities, and and in our homes. Um, you know, connect our ability to connect is really important. How, how do you feel we can connect better with ourselves and others? Oh, what a good question. 
Ähm. Mm. I, I think there's different ways and that's why I'm sort of, this is not a, um, a prescription, you know, you do this and it will happen. I think we all slightly different people and we come with, and quite rightly, that's what makes us unique. So what might work for me might not work for another person. Um, for me, it's about, again, self-awareness and self-awareness about what's good for me, what's not good for me, what drives my interests, what drives my passion, what gives me energy, what switches my energy off. Um, and, and, and that might take some thinking about and if I have that foundation, that's a good thing um, because then I understand myself better and feel more content and in control when I'm in different situations and I have it clear about what's mine and what's somebody else's. And when it comes to communicating with other people or connecting with other people, for me, I'm fascinated by one thing and this is not a whole prescription, but I don't know if you've noticed, but we barely look at each other these days. People don't look at each other in the eyes anymore. People don't seek contact with another people. People are quite distant from one another. And post-pandemic, it's even, it's even more pronounced. And I think for me, communicating, connecting with another person is really looking somebody in the eye and really putting a pause and really trying to not drive my agenda forward or you know, blindly, it's really taking a moment to listen to what the other person is saying to me and, and, and then taking things forward. I think it's principles of communication. How do I effectively communicate with another person so that I get from what that I need and what, what I was also not disregarding the other person? And again, this is something we barely taught in schools. How does one have effective communication? Mm. Um, so for me, it's about what makes simple simple connection with another human being um does that answer anything it does, it does. it's it, it's interesting because like you're saying that you know people don't look at themselves uh, or sorry look at another person like like they used to like giving eye contact and you're right like covid i think really disrupted human behavior because to show somebody love was to not hug them rather than hug them you know we were told to distance ourselves mm. to to give people space which completely threw you know the whole society the the fact that people would walk into the middle of the road because they were afraid of like covid like and and run the risk of being run over mm. for me kind of blew my mind a little but when you were yeah. saying that when we actually look uh and we show more of an, an intent in a non-creepy way, of course, um, you know, when we're giving somebody our our full full awareness, it also reminds me of our ability to be able to look ourselves in the eye really is actually how we then connect better with others. Until we improve the connection with self, mm. we're always going to be limited with yeah. how we connect with other people, right? 100%. 100%. And we all guilt, guilty of that to a certain extent. You know, we're not... <laughs> We, we fluctuate in this. So having that ability to not expect um, this uh, to 100% is important. So having that sort of stance, you know, today I got something wrong or today actually it wasn't a good day for me. 
and, and having that sense of you know this is this is reality is so to me it's it's so important yeah and absolutely. because if and if i don't if i don't have that self understanding i'm more likely to judge other people in a way that actually is unjust or and therefore i create distance between me and another person mm-hmm. and therefore i'm l- living on my own little island without actually checking what's on the on somebody else's island mm-hmm. which again leads to what how organizations work and function and dysfunction um you know it's 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 the same principle just on a much bigger scale exactly now we're we're almost out of time uh, i just want to know uh how do people find out more about you and your work and and feel free to share something very quickly susanna if there's something burning that you just feel like needs to be said here uh, based on our conversation go ahead and and share it oh great <laughs> so uh, i i i love connecting with people to whom what i say matters or who connect with what i'm saying so people can find me on my website but also through linkedin uh, i'm very active on linkedin and i'm uh, i'm focusing very fully for this year on purely working with corporate corporate sector and um, big organizations around leadership. So anybody who wants to um, just have a chat about what's going on for them, um, something what we talked about today speaks to them when they go on LinkedIn or my website, they identify with that. I want to have a conversation and see how it flows forward from then. Um, So yeah, I'm I'm all up for that. Um, In terms of anything burning, I don't I don't think I don't think I have that to be honest with you because I think we we spoke about loads of important things that are really really um close to my heart so I appreciate you giving me that space to 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 express some of those things um yeah so I I don't think I have anything burning to to say about that or a message from Dr. Susanna, really. I don't, I don't feel, I feel comfortable giving people one message. Um, That's beautiful. I'm, I'm glad that we've been able to, you know, give you a, a voice and a platform to share your truth because that's what mm. really kind of resounded, you know, is, is, is know your truth, own your truth, speak out of your truth, be, be conscious, be self-aware, you know, be authentic, be intentional, you know, and, and remember that, either we get what we want out of life or or we learn something uh or we're challenged by something that gives us the opportunity yeah, to to evolve to to reinvent so it's been really good uh dr susanna thank you for joining me on the episode today it's been an absolute pleasure thank you for the space you've given me you're welcome thank you thank you for joining this episode with me max sefton i hope you've really enjoyed it feel free to leave us a positive review on itunes And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode of the Brains Magazine podcast.